0: Men. Take your Bibles if you would and let's go to Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10 and tonight's message is simply witnessing at Christmas time or Christmas witnessing. Uh, most of us have family, friends, people that we want to hear the gospel and uh, We're just looking here at this chapter in the book of Romans and we get to see a little bit of Paul's burden, of Paul's passion to get the gospel to his people, the Jewish people, the people of Israel. And it just reminds me that sometimes as we're trying to witness, we talk to the same people, especially family, over and over again and kind of get worn out sometimes. Kind of get a little weary. And we know that even the world seems to stop and listen to the Christmas story. But it seems like they hear with deaf ears and they see with blind eyes. And and it just uh, gets us uh, maybe uh, a little downhearted. And, and what I want us to do is look at Paul's attitude here and look at his plan, the way that he did things, and maybe we can get some application, but certainly uh, I would hope and pray that we would get some encouragement in that. So we start in verse 1 of chapter 10. We're going to go the whole way through the chapter tonight. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thy heart, Who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed." For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon Him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily. Their sound went into all the earth, and their words into the end of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold, and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel he saith, all the day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. Now, several verses here in the uh, Romans chapter 10. This is what we might say the, uh, the uh, place, the head place of the Romans road, the end of the Romans road. This is where we go to when... People want to hear the gospel when they want to be saved. These are the verses, Romans 10, 9 and 10. Verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. When people are struggling with the issue of salvation, they don't quite get it. Verse 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But uh, tonight I'd like for us to get this context of those verses and just look at the entire package here. We start in verse 1 with Paul saying that he has a heart's desire to see Israel saved. The, let me ask you a question. Do you have a heart's desire for someone or someone's to be saved? Is there is there a person or persons upon your heart that you want to be saved i mean paul had that heart's desire that that is a good thing that is something that god has put there now what paul does is he understands where these people are let's let's just look at the passage here he says for i bear them record that they have a zeal of god You know, most of the people that live in this world, live in the United States, most of the people that you and I would seek to save, family and friends, they know about God. Do they not? Do they not have some kind of uh, zeal? And it almost seems that when you witness to them, they hold even a little tighter to those false truths that they have held to all their lives and and paul says listen i bear them record they have a zeal of god they they're excited about the things of god i i believe that in our day and time we hear more positive things about jesus in the world in which we live than possibly any other generation i mean even joel olstein's in the act and and, uh, we have all these mega churches and on television and Everywhere you go, people talk about Jesus. It says that they have a zeal, but not according to knowledge. How many of us have ever been guilty of trying very diligent to do something the wrong way? Hello? Uh, I mean, all of us have. We have, and, and if we will just stop and remember where we came from, it'll give us a little more patience in dealing with those we're trying to deal with. Amen. It, it will help us understand that, hey, they're not doing. Most people are not doing what they do to remain unsaved because they so greatly desire to go to a place called hell. Most of them are where they are because they desire to do right. They have a zeal of God. They're they're trying to serve God, but it's not according to knowledge. Now, what normally happens when you have a problem with something? You're struggling here. You're in the midst of giving your all to something that isn't working. And someone comes up and taps you on the shoulder. you got a problem there. What's the first thing you want to do? Bam! Leave me alone! Tell me something I don't already know. And what, what I'm drawing attention, what Paul's drawing attention here is we, we need to be a little careful about people's attitudes. They're doing the best they can. They know they're not getting the job done. And sometimes when we come along smirkily saying, well, I know I'm saved, it really doesn't help the situation. Are we together? We we need to look at the passage here. We need to understand that they do have a zeal, but their zeal is not according to knowledge. It's not based on the truth. Um, I was... Sitting in the barber shop this morning and getting a haircut, and I talked to the barber on many occasions and found out that uh, he's Baptist uh, from uh, 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 Uzbekistan or one of those countries, one of the stands out there beyond Afghanistan and former Soviet Union, and and but he plays guitar for the for for the band and. And we got talking a little bit about music, and and I said, you know, that's, he, he told me about Hillsong. He says, I like Hillsong. And uh, I said, well, I said, I'm not trying to be rude here, but I don't like Hillsong. I don't like anything about Hillsong. Uh, and here's why. And, and I explained to him that Hillsong is not originally, Or original Christian music. It's worldly music with a thin veneer of Jesus' words pasted over worldly music. I said, we don't go to the world and borrow from them and then paste Jesus' words over it and offer it to God. I said, that's offensive to Him. And he goes, you know, you make me think about things. Praise the Lord. I said, you ought to come to our church. I said, we try to do that every service. Amen? But the the point here is people are doing the best they can. Often they're doing better than the best they can. They're giving that 110%. But it's not based on knowledge. Because they, being ignorant of God's righteousness... Now, here is the pattern of all false religious. They don't understand God's righteousness. So, what do they do? They establish their own righteousness. And they refuse to submit to the righteousness of God. Uh, Years ago, my... uh, father-in-law came up with a dramatized sermon about the armor of God and one of the little phrases from that as the Christian was carrying the shield uh, was oh this isn't mine this belongs to Jesus he lets me borrow it and I thought wow that explains righteousness so well does it not you see we don't have righteousness in and of ourselves God gives it to us. I am made righteous in Christ because He finished God's work on the cross. He paid for every sin. And so it really gets to the heart of things is people set up their own standard of righteousness and they refuse to submit. God's righteousness. That's the issue. Here's the answer. Verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law. For righteousness to everyone that believeth. You know, as we witness, we've got to bring people to Jesus Christ. You know, I've remember years ago getting a book and it was supposed to teach you how to witness and, and, and it said, the best thing you can do to witness to somebody is tell them what Jesus did in your life. And I, I'm not totally disagreeing with that, but the best thing you can do when you're witnessing to someone is tell them about Jesus. Because so often, especially with friends and family, they know what we're doing when we have a bad day. Now, don't they? Uh, they know things about us that we probably wish they didn't know. But that—that's part of family. And if we try to draw them to us, and we are often engaged in a conversation of exchanging their standard of righteousness for our standard of righteousness. And that's not witnessing. The goal is to submit to the righteousness which is of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is the end of the law. We know that. Paul is talking here about the Jewish people that... The law, they were trying to keep the law and establish their own righteousness. The only problem is, what does the law teach us? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's what the law teaches. And the law is our schoolmaster. As we learn that lesson, where are we going to go? Jesus. The law judges us guilty. And the end of the law is Jesus. And by the way, this fits any standard that anybody comes up with. This fits in any false religion. If someone of the religion of Islam will understand who Jesus is, they have no choice but to abandon the tenets of Islam and embrace Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. If a Catholic will understand that the Catholic Jesus is not the Bible Jesus, that the Catholic Mary is not the Bible Mary, that that these these false Christs and these false hopes for Christ is the end of the law, righteousness. When I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, He takes His righteousness and He wraps me in it. He washes my sins away with His blood. I remember um, a preacher one time, I think it was in a chapel when I was in grade school, used the illustration of taking Uh, red tinted glasses and looking at something red and it looks white. Uh, I'm so glad that's not what Jesus did. Jesus didn't just put on tinted glasses to change the color of our sins. He washed our sins away. God sees us through. It is finished. That's how we are righteous. And you see, the world is seeking righteousness. That's what religion is all about. Let's let's go on here. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live in them. By them, I'm sorry, shall live by them. If you're going to have righteousness that comes by the law, then you've got to live by the law. But... If you'll read Romans chapter seven, what did Paul say? He said, "The more I understood about the law, the more I understood about my sin." That's what he meant when he said the commandment slew me. Uh, he said, "Everything." He said, "As I studied the law, the the thing I understood was that my whole life was sinful." If you're going to keep them, and it's so, uh, I like to poke fun every once in a while. The caretaker. He's no longer there, I don't think. I haven't seen him in years. When we were at the Yugoslavian Seventh-day Adventist Church, the caretaker was just the most obnoxious, one of the most obnoxious people I've ever met in my entire life. And uh, he was always trying to just, anything he could do to hurt us, he was trying. He would take our sign down. We would leave it there Sunday after we left Sunday morning. He'd take it down Sunday afternoon. I wouldn't even leave the sign up for Sunday afternoon. We'd have to put it up again. If somebody stopped by during the week and knocked on the door and says, Is there a Baptist church that meets here? No, no, no. You come to the seventh day. That was the kind of guy he was. And uh, every once in a while he'd come down and he'd try to convert me and. And I'd always just take him back to his laws. I said, you keep the Sabbath, right? He said, that's right. We worship on the Sabbath. I said, and people drive their cars on the Sabbath day, don't they? He said, well, yeah, what's wrong with that? I said, the Bible says thou shalt not kindle a fire on the Sabbath day. You turn on the light switches. I said, every time you turn on the light switch, you're kindling the fire. I said, you're breaking the Sabbath every time you turn around. He said, well, 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 God understands. I said, no, He doesn't. Talk to the Jewish people. They know better than that. They put timers on the lights. And before there was electrical timers and electrical lights, uh, they would go hire Gentiles to come in and turn on the lights or light the candles for the Sabbath services Uh, You see, they understood what the law said, but these people who are trying to keep the law, oh man, they've got lots of excuses. And one of the ways that you can witness to people, you know, uh, I've I've had several issues. We had a whole group of Islamic men out here one night about 11 o'clock just talking like it was the middle of the day. And so I tried very... Kindly, I said, you know, excuse me, sir. Your, I said, my my children are just right up here. I said, the noise is waking them up. Is there there any way we could just? Oh, it's a free country. It's all this and blowing smoke. I said, listen, you go do what you're doing right now in front of your mosque and see what your imam does to you. Oh, that made him mad. And one of them said, oh, wait a minute, guys, Wait, a minute. he's right, we're wrong, get out of here. And he diffused the whole group and moved them off. You see, those people that are doing so much to keep their laws, they don't keep the law. They don't live in them. The Jewish people, on the Sabbath, because Jesus healed the man, went out and took counsel on how to murder him. Does that make sense? But see, that's what people do when they try to keep their own standard of righteousness. But now let's look at what true faith says, what true righteousness. But the righteousness which is of faith, by the way, true righteousness is not of faith. I mean, is not of anything we do. It is of faith. And We have to believe that it is of faith because let me ask you a question. How many of you have broken God's laws of righteousness since Sunday? Would you just slip up a hand? And if your hand's not raised, you just broke it again. Uh, We're sinful people. The righteousness we have is by faith. It's because Jesus promised it to me. Can we say amen to that? And here's how it speaks. Say not in thine heart, Who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. Now, I, I will be honest with you. this, These are some of the verses when I'm reading that just kind of read right through them. And, and yet... As I was preparing this message, it hit me. Really, what Paul's talking about here is time frames. You see, Jesus had promised to come again, didn't he? And how many people are seeking the answer in the future out there somewhere else? Oh, well, we'll know when we get to heaven. I always tell them, it'll be too late when you leave this life. And then we have the others that are going into the past, are they not? That is to bring him up again from the dead. They're always looking for, uh, well, let's quote our Bible perverters, the oldest and the best manuscripts, uh, when actually neither of those statements are true. Uh, they're neither the oldest. The ones that make up our Bible are the oldest. They just don't. The copies we have aren't as old as their copies are. And People are all the time, well, uh, I follow, you meet someone who's Greek Orthodox, I follow the most original form of Christianity. Uh, I said, we got you beat by about 430 years, 70 years. What? Well, your Orthodox church really didn't get into full swing. Uh, If you really want to take the earliest date, you can try Constantine, but things weren't settled in the Orthodox Church until about 500 A.D. That's when they finally settled that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and God the Son. Uh, the Council of Chalcedon or, was 500 or 550. They were still arguing about these things. And people said, well, that doesn't prove anything. Hey, if you walked in the doors of this church and we had in our history minutes that we were debating... Whether Jesus is God or not, wouldn't you have some questions about whether we believed it? And you see, these the answer is not in the future. That's to bring Christ down. That's to well, when Christ sits on his throne, he'll settle everything. Oh yeah, he will, but it'll be too late then. Well, let's go back and let's make sure that we have the most authentic and da 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 da. da. Here's what faith says. Here's what righteousness says. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Isn't it amazing? As Paul was talking about witnessing to the Jewish people, what did they do every Sabbath? They got together and read the Scriptures, did they not? And Paul says, listen, don't go looking in the past. Don't go trying to solve the problems of the future. The answer is right here. You have it. Is there a Catholic church anywhere in this city that doesn't have a big Bible prominently displayed somewhere? Most Lutheran and and Protestant churches, man, they got a great big Bible down front somewhere. The word is nigh thee. It's in your mouth. You talk about Jesus being born of the Virgin Mary at Christmas time. You won't get saved. Uh Hello. Sometimes we try too hard to answer everybody's questions when really what we need to tell them is stop asking your dumb questions and just believe in Jesus. How about that? Stop worrying about all these things that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. You know, how many people say Jesus, He is Lord. I mean, all those Hillsong people do. He is Lord, He is Lord, He is Lord, and then they deny it with everything else they do. You see, that confession, the Lord Jesus, that little article, "the" means only one. No others are allowed. No other standards are allowed. Your standard of righteousness does not count. Only Jesus does. It, I remember one guy arguing with me one time and he said, but don't you believe that there are other great men? I said, no, I don't. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I said, I don't believe in any great men except one. Jesus Christ. You see, it's the Lord. I'm not asking you to submit your authority to me or the Open Door Bible Baptist Church. I'm not asking you to surrender your will to some Baptist document here. I'm asking you to surrender to the Lord, and the name Jesus means Savior. Only one Lord and one Savior. How many religions, they just want to put an and in there. I remember uh, that obnoxious caretaker gave me one of Ellen G. White's books and said, you just need to read this, Steps to Christ. If you ever see that thing, just throw it in the garbage can. Somebody said, but it's got some Bible verses in it, but they're not in context. You're not doing anything wrong by throwing an LNG white book in the trash. Uh, That's where it belongs. And and I remember just leafing through this thing and saying, Lord, show me what's, give me a, a, just help me see. And sure enough, I just flipped through the page and there, right in the middle of the page, was you get saved by faith, but you keep your salvation by works. Getting saved by faith does not excuse you from keeping the laws of God. Oh, wait a minute. You see, it's not the Lord and me keeping the law. It's not His standard of righteousness as long as my standard matches His or at least comes close. It's the Lord. And the Savior. Amen. But we're not done. It's not just saying Jesus is Lord. And shalt believe in thine heart. That God hath raised him from the dead. You see that's what makes Jesus different. Than every other religious leader. In all of history. It's the resurrection. You know the Buddhists can take you to a place where the remains of the Buddha and others that followed after him that were supposed to uh, uh, have attained to that level of great spirituality. It's amazing. The St. Patrick's Cathedral. How many of you know what's under St. Patrick's Cathedral? It's the crypt, where the body and the remains of every... Officiate high, you know, senior clergy that has officiated when they die, that's where they're buried, is under the church. My faith in Jesus Christ is at an empty grave. Amen? There's nobody's bodies in there. You see, it's the Lord Jesus. And shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. It is a heart issue. That's what the problem is with most people. Is we talk to people and we try to convince them intellectually. You know, I have found out one thing over the years. If I really wanted to, I could talk almost anybody into praying a prayer and asking Jesus to save them. I'm a fairly good talker. And when that doesn't work, I use intimidation. Uh, But that's not salvation, my friend. I've also found that if the Holy Spirit is working in someone's heart, I can't stop them from getting saved. It's kind of like Peter when he was talking to Cornelius. He's preaching and he's explaining, and he's, "This is what you got to do." And this, and all of a sudden, they started giving evidence that they had believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And Peter's going, "I'm, I'm stop preaching. We need to get baptized in here. These people are saved." And, and that God gave that phenomena so Peter would stop preaching and start baptizing. So he would understand that not only can the Jew be saved, but the Gentile be, can be saved. For there is no difference. The gospel saves everyone the same way. That's why it says, for whosoever. Now, I've had people criticize big words in the Bible, like whosoever. But just take that word. Who? That is basically what we call an indefinite pronoun. We don't know exactly who it's talking about. That's why we use the word who. So, that means anyone who will ever at any time. Anyone who will at any time call upon the name of the Lord. They can be saved. Whether they're Jewish, whether they're Greek, whether they're free, whether they're bond. Because the same Lord is rich unto all that call upon Him. Then we get down to verse 14 and it says, How then shall they call on Him him in whom they have not believed? If you don't believe that Jesus is the Lord, if you don't believe He's the only Savior, if you are not willing to submit your life and your will to Him, you cannot be saved, my friend. If you're willing to give part of your will and your life to anyone else or any other organization or any other standard of righteousness, you cannot be saved. It's only the Lord Jesus. Amen. But how many people go to hell in ignorance thinking they're worshiping God because somebody told them something that was wrong, that was not biblical, that was a tradition made up by man. You see, they can't believe in someone They will not call upon someone they have not believed in, step one. Step two, they cannot believe in someone they've not heard of. You see, the standard operating procedure of the world in which we live is, well, I don't want to be offensive. Well, I've coined this phrase, if no one else will take credit for it, I call it, I don't want to be unnecessarily offensive. Because the gospel is offensive, my friend. When you come face to face with your fact that you are ignorant, and the reason you are ignorant of the truth is because someone you trusted or someone you believed in lied to you, that's hard. That's offensive. And we need to have great compassion and we need to understand that they can't call on the Jesus of the Bible because they don't know who He is. They can't believe in Him because they have wrong information. And how are they going to hear? Oh, well, there's got to be a preacher. But how can there be a preacher... If nobody sends him. And that's not only talking about the preacher at the church. It's talking about anyone who brings the gospel message. You want to have good looking feet? It says, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Verse 16. Not everybody's going to listen. But they have not all obeyed. For Isaiah, that's Isaiah, saith, Lord, who hath believed our report. How many of you remember just a couple Thursday nights ago we went through Isaiah 53? That's where it starts. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That's the context. You see, people will not hear about the true Jesus because they're too busy believing in a false one. So what's the remedy? Keep giving them the gospel. Keep giving them the truth. Keep giving them scripture. Because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, I'm not talking about being unnecessarily offensive. But there will be opportunities, if you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to get, you know, people talk about, uh, all the time, they talk about taking their prayers to the saints or to other people. And you say, why, why do you do that when you can pray directly to Jesus? And oftentimes you get an answer that's very, very honest. Well, he, he doesn't have as much time as the other saints would or he's not as compassionate as Mary would be toward my. this is what they're taught that's when it's an opportunity to say but the Bible says God is love how could anybody be more compassionate than God God is the creator of time how could anybody how could any human being have more time than God does because he's not controlled by time amen to put in those little jabs or little bits of the of the Bible to get people thinking you see faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God give them the word of God but what are they going to tell you I have yet living in Astoria for 25, 20, almost 26 years, to meet a Greek person who, if they would stop and talk, would say, oh, but I know all about the Bible. In fact, I've had several of them. I know more about the Bible than you do because I'm Greek. Am I, oh, uh, you read Koine Greek? What? No, I'm Greek. I said, the language of the Bible is as different from the Greek you speak as Spanish is from English. I don't do very good reading Spanish. Uh, I can get most of the words, but it's not going to sound like it's supposed to. And I have no idea what I'm reading. I just do it in total ignorance, unless it's tamale or something that I can pick out and know what it's talking about. Uh, And that's the way it is. With the Greek, I've had a couple of quote-unquote Jewish evangelists call up and, well, we, I, I can teach the Old Testament like nobody else because I'm Jewish. I'm gonna, pardon me, sir? I, uh, I, I, I get offended that there's no special knowledge given to you because of genetics. If you want knowledge, you've got to get in the book. That's the only answer and it's that love that it's that self pride that we're going back to setting up their own standards hey listen they've heard it the bible is there it's gone out to the ends of the earth but moses said listen i'm going to provoke you the jewish people by them that are no people And a foolish nation, I will anger you. I'm going to save the dregs. And how many people over the years said, I'm not a sinner like that. Oh, yes, you are. Aren't you glad the ground is level with the foot of the cross? King and slave alike must get on their knees scholar and mentally incapable, got to get down on their knees at the same place. All you have to do is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what you're going to find out? The people who you think are going to get saved never do. And the people who you never think are going to get saved, they're the ones that do. It's not your business to determine who's going to get saved or not. Whether they listen or whether they get saved, you still got the responsibility of just giving the gospel. Every opportunity you have. Oh, but I told them so many. Tell them again. That's what Paul's saying here. All the day long, God has pleaded. What's it saying? But to Israel, he saith, all day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. God never stopped giving the gospel to Israel. In fact, it's in every bit of scripture that they hold. Where our open tomb mural is here, that used to be what they called the Ark, where they kept their scrolls. And they made one thing for sure. When we took over the building, there wasn't a scroll left. And they tried to make sure that all their Tanakhs or their Bibles were all gone too. We got one. I got it on my shelf somewhere. I just kept it for uh, the sake of keeping a keepsake. And and they left me some books, uh, several books on the history of Israel and some other stuff that we just had to throw away. Uh, But... Listen, witnessing Christmas time. Do you have a heart? Do you have a desire for it? Realize that the people we're witnessing to have a heart and a desire, but it's based upon ignorance. It's based upon their own standards. And our job is to try to get them to understand who Jesus is even though they use His name all the time, they don't know who He is. Jesus is the end of the law. Jesus is the end of every man-made standard. It's not in heaven. It's not in hell. The answer is right here. All you have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And no matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, the same God will save you the same way. But there is a process. That's why we need church. Amen? That, that's why we need to be sent. And that's why when we witness, we need to get people directed toward a church. Just giving the gospel is not enough. We've got to connect that gospel to a local church. That's God's plan. Not everybody's going to listen. That's okay. Because, you see, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So I'm just going to keep giving them the Word of God. Not my opinion. Not, hey, this is working for me. Well, so does Rinto or whatever laundry detergent. It works for you. But that's not the same thing. We're not selling soap. We're trying to introduce people to Jesus. A person they think they know. A person that they've been deceived into believing false things about. And it's going to take a great deal of patience and only God's love and mercy to peel away those layers of deception and self-deception. And even if they say no over and over and over again, guess what? Just keep doing it. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that we can look to it and find application to where we live today. And Lord, we ask that You would make us faithful to Your Word. And Lord, that You would give us opportunities during this Christmas season to give the Gospel, to tell the truth about Jesus. Lord, give us carefulness and patience and compassion But give us boldness in declaring your truth. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and we'll just have the